you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. The elements of the dream are not here. We were outdoors, Great. standing at a table, and you went around the corner, and you came back with this massive, massive spotlight, like a theatrical, and like, you know, oh, we can't get started until I get this plugged in, and I was like, I'm having flashbacks to theater days, and blah, blah, and and it was like, and then I started, I started to say something on the mic, and I began coughing, and I woke myself up coughing. Did it at least, like put fanboy planets logo nope. up on a cloud nope. or something nope or? nope you just, just had found spotlight. this spotlight and you said you were gonna did bring I, did i play it on myself no, that, no 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 you never plugged it in oh, okay um uh and you said uh no you're gonna bring it home debbie wouldn't mind and i was like <laughs> sure. she will sure trust me spotlights don't work in bedrooms as well as you think right, they might right right and and then i started coughing and then i woke up coughing and i was like oh, okay i wonder what the hell that was about one of my f- friends from Mumbly Pig was was also had joined us for that episode, and I was just like, but I was very cognizant of it, it was the first time we'd recorded in like a month. I was like, I want to I want to do this right, and I think that's why the spotlight was there, like, you know, really focus on we're back, Zoom. Hey, don't write that down. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no need for therapy. Ah. Uh... So are you recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, we can just start. I think that's that exactly where we should. That was, no, I I'll think, cut a little bit of that out. No, I, I think we're just we're like, are we recording is where we go. Yes. It's been so long, I don't know how this goes. Uh, hey, this is Derek McCaw, <laughs> editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And sitting across from me is, of course, the man who makes this all work, the podcast producer. Oh, not your all. Really? Rick Brettsiner. Okay. Uh, yes, we're sitting at the Brett Cave, which is an undisclosed location somewhere in Northern California, 20 miles outside of Gotham City. And, uh, and it's been a while. Uh, you know, so uh, thanks for your patience to come back after. I like the tattoo. That's good. I wasn't so sure if I wanted to go for the full face. I don't think it works as well as on Tyson. It works really no, good. No, it works here. well on me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And anyway, uh we are, you know, trying to come back a little fresh and uh, you know, it was just life happened and suddenly a month had gone by and we couldn't make schedules work to sit down and talk and so here we go. We are back with episode five twenty two. At least I can keep track of the numbers. And uh so before we begin talking about news that we may have missed uh, I do want to say, of course, that you can, you've can. you listened to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, a Stitcher app, 
so many other possible podcatchers. You can, of course, if there's anything we talk about. And the webpage. And the webpage as well, absolutely. And if there's anything we talk about on this evening's podcast that you would like to purchase for yourself that you can legally own, uh, and you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, you can, of course, there is an Amazon link, and we would appreciate you going through the Amazon search box. Or if we do include a direct link to something, you can click there and we get a small little kickback there, as well as through the Think Geek ads as well. We are an affiliate with Think Geek. And of course, if you just like to help support the cost of, or defray the cost is still a better word for it, defray the cost of running a website slash hosting a podcast, you can donate at PayPal at editor at fanboyplanet.com. As well as, of course, if you have any questions, compliments, commentary, criticism, anything you would like us to talk about that you think is worth as a topic, I'm not throwing that open. I want to do some broader conversational topics. And if there's something that's, that's gnawing at you, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I do want to mention, of course, you can sponsor an episode of the podcast. Uh, this week I'm sponsoring it, as I sponsor many episodes. <laughs> and that is to announce, of course, that... Uh, in mid-July, uh, the first book that I've written, not comic book, actual book, The Memoirs of Someone Who Is Not Me. Uh, I was Flesh Gordon. I was not Flesh Gordon. But uh, The Memoirs of Jason Williams, who was the star of the first adult film parody, which in turn provided the inspiration for Star Wars. Perhaps you've heard of that film. And uh, anyway, that came out in mid-July. We are doing some public appearances in Southern California one I cannot talk about yet because I don't think it's gone live at the store's website, but I can talk that on November 17th at the Comic Bug in Manhattan Beach, uh, there is a 9 p.m. screening. There's, we're, we're doing the Comic Bug after dark. Oh, 9 cool. p.m. We're going to show Flesh Gordon, and then after the movie, little Q&A with Jason Williams, the star, and we'll sign copies of the book. And then the very next day, and this is uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving, Dark Delicacies, which, have you ever been in Dark Delicacies? I have not. Uh, you, I think, need to make a pilgrimage. This is a wonderful, it is a horror-themed bookstore. Wonderful. It's in Manhattan Beach? No, or? no, it's in Burbank. It's oh, at, okay. at uh, Magnolia Boulevard. There is this fantastic, you need to take Debbie. So, honestly, that there's this fantastic, it's about four or five blocks of uh, vintage clothing stores. Yes. Uh, furniture stores, what they are is studio props being unloaded wow. into these stores. So there's one store that sells furniture from TV shows when they, when the studio doesn't want to, and the production company Does it have the history have, of the piece of furniture? Uh, they have one? signs that explains where there are. Nice. Now, I was in one that I thought, well, do I re you know, it's not really vintage enough for me to care, but there was, you know, they, they just had gotten Transformers the last night. So all the costumes of the human extras were there so you know you could guarantee yes it was worn in Transformers the right, last right, night right. or uh, there was a, a thing from Bumblebee but there are some really cool you know you got to poke around and find these things uh, and just a re really cool place but anyway in the midst of this is Dark Delicacies is this bookstore that has events is totally keyed into the horror film community horror fans and they felt that yes. I was Flesh Gordon was close enough that they would do a sign, uh, allow us to do a signing there. So uh, the only thing that's bad about Dark Delicacies is I cannot walk out of there without having bought a book. It's like Cargo well, Cult, you know. That's not bad. No, I know, but you know, it, it's it's like Cargo Cult right. that uh, every time I go to a convention, I just feel like I've got to buy something yes. from him. Yes, uh, from David Cargo He's Cult. Compelling uh, that uh, he, he, he doesn't talk. He just no. he just sits there and he goes, is he is the teller. 
He t- he's a pen and teller. He's the teller of. I know, uh, absolutely. Of and, and he just throws out. There's always some new book that I'm like, yes, I must have that. So anyway, that's how Dark Delicacies is. Plus, they have some cool horror clothing and toys and props. And it's just a great, great shop in Burbank. So we're going to be there on November 18th at 4 p.m. And so let us uh, get it. Those are the happy things. No, everything's happy. Except it's not. In the, in the comics world. Huh. Our, no, no, no. Our timing is big. I, I actually want to throw another ad out because it ties uh, or a, a uh, I want to shout out to another podcast because it ties directly in. And I don't know if she did this on purpose or if the fates just smiled on her and gave her the most perfect timing for one of the most important news stories in comics this week. Okay. Uh, Jackie Cation. Yes. The Dork Forest. Yes. Uh, this weekend. So our top. Our story about comics is that Comicsgate has been bubbling over in the last month. And you and I had exchanged a couple of messages where right. I felt like, you know, I think if there's been a theme for 2018, it's that this is still 2018, right? Because I is. feel like it might be 2030. we got a couple more months to go. Uh, the 2018 has been the year where fandom, the dark side of fandom seemed to get really powerful and and really disheartening to some of us and comics gate would be this case of of some some fans who i don't even want to, well no we've got to say we call it out they are right wing and uh whether th- i think they cop to that yeah and i no longer because i i do want to say this because i i do and don't like to get specifically political uh-huh I, in my mind, and now someone can write in angrily and tell me I'm wrong, but in my mind, I still think there's a difference between what is pejoratively being considered right-wing and people who have conservative ideals. And I just don't think we're hearing enough from the people that have conservative ideals. Can I, I, can I give a little bit? From, absolutely. My perspective on it is that I don't have any problem with anybody who wants to go out and put out a comic book providing their their, their well, well let's give provi- the ba- let's give a little is- more background to that right. because I, I i get where you're sure. going but for people who are not aware because i have been seeing where people post about comicsgate people go what is this right uh is that there are these people that, that say that diversity diversity characters like taking thor and making her jane foster for a few years right that is one example putting sam wilson in as captain america is another right. example marvel gets called out fairly easily because they they're not stuck in the stone they, they swapped out right. a lot of flagship characters if you will secret identities with and they ex- explored sales have not been as good as good as they were say 10 years ago but overall, the ca- overall and yeah. the counter argument i say is that look at my stack how little your stack as well some of it's DC and Marvel, some of it's Image, some of it's Dark Horse, some of it's, you know, right. there's just so much more than there used to be. So our same amount of money is going to a... And they all cost more, so... And there's a lot more uh, a lot more choice, a lot more opportunity, so the books, I, I get it, you know, and... But but these people have gotten angry, they've been putting YouTube, this in particular, a, a writer, I guess writer... Um, I don't mean that to be dismissive. Um, I don't think he started out as a writer. I think he was starting out as a commentator, like on YouTube. Uh-huh. Uh, diversity in comics, uh, diversity and comics, I think was his channel. I think 
Again, someone can correct me. Uh, and he was complaining about diversity in comics. Right. Uh, Ethan Van Skyver, who you may notice is no longer actually working for DC and kind of has a reputation which is not entirely unearned uh, for bullying online. Um, he decided, claimed he was going back to... Uh, he, he had started off with a creator-owned book called Cyber Frog, and he did a Kickstarter, and he's made enough money to do Cyber Frog. He's been suddenly posting again, or, or the Facebook algorithm has been bringing him back into my feed, posting artwork from, from Cyber Frog. But apparently he took on, he's been posting YouTube videos complaining about Gail Simone and which is just like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I like, I, every, as you're saying, everybody has the right to create the book that they want to see, the right. book that they want right. to do. I'm really bothered by, and Gail wrote, I think a very fair minded, a couple of fair minded essays responding but I'm bothered there was like, I don't know that I would have bought Cyber Frog regardless because I wasn't interested in the character the right. first time around. But now I'm annoyed that he attacked somebody who uh, <laughs> I, is a true talent. I vaguely – well, and Ethan Van Skyver is a true talent too. Yeah. But Gail is someone who is, but why I is think, he one of the her? kindest. Yeah, exactly. He uh, – you know, he, um, I tangentially know her. I don't know that she would pick me out in a crowd, but we certainly have exchanges on on uh, Facebook, and she did allow me to uh, to reprint on Fanboy Planet a piece she did about the uh, the ending of Bongo Comics, mm, and uh, so and she very specifically said yes, you know, go ahead and reprint it. So um, and we've I've interviewed her. Um, I just like her. There's not there's not a pe- uh, any work that she has done uh, except, and she was calling out that like in um, the DC New 52 Firestorm, which Ethan had co-created, uh, that she had not, it was not very good. It was not very well written. And she said that was a lot of editorial interference, which she was also very quick to say is not an issue right now. But it was for those first few issues right. of, of the New 52, which if sure. anybody goes back to our podcast, oh, that was so clear. Yeah. It was so clear. And, it, and those problems weren't Ethan's and those problems weren't Gail's. But she wanted to leave the book. So anyway, blah, right. blah, blah. Richard C. Meyer started, did a Kickstarter. He got a book uh, kickstarted, and he was going to be print published by Antarctic Press. No, uh, or I say most retailers, a majority of retailers, were not going to order it. Right. Mark Wade had a conversation with the publisher, the president. He had made a call. And said, are you aware of the controversy? That's uh, from Mark Way's point of view. Are you aware of the controversy? Right. And that's all he said. And Not creating it. Not, not creating not it. it. Right, 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 right. Anyway, Richard C. Meyer this weekend has now sued Mark Wade because the publisher dropped him. And Mark Wade uh, has uh, gotten the services of an attorney who just... Kind of, I you know, coincidentally is named Happened Mark Zaid, <laughs> uh, and Mark Zaid is apparently and he and he did pose these as well. I went through Mark X Zaid, I couldn't get him, I couldn't get Mark <laughs> Yade, so I had to go with Mark Zaid, uh, who is apparently a very very good attorney. And I'm trying to remember who he was the attorney for prior to this. Uh, someone, yeah, it was it was a fairly high profile case. He says, yeah, so he's a, a good attorney. Yeah, and um, so. The Dork Forest this week, this is Wednesday, right? Wednesday night? Right. Tuesday, Jackie dropped an episode interviewing Mark Wade in her living room. 
in Los Angeles talking about Superman. Nice. And so I've been. Li- I was listening to. We it should. All. We should. Jackie is a Jackie Cation uh, stand up com- stand up comic. Yeah. Uh, I've talked about her a couple times. We met her at was that a Baycon two years ago or? I uh, know uh, it was the Convolution. She yes. came to Convolution yes. two yes. or three years ago. Uh, very funny stand up. I have a couple of her albums. Uh, we occasionally talk on, on Facebook as well. So there's that that full disclosure. But she and her husband is a game designer. Great great guy. And uh, I've gone to see her act. She's hilarious. And she's a nerd comic. So she runs the Dork Forest and she talks to, has guests on about their secret nerdiness, their dorkiness. Right, and so right. it's Mark Wade talking about the history of Superman and why he loves Superman. And the timing could not be better that here's this guy reminding, you know, I was listening to it going, wow, you know, I every now and then you have to be reminded why Superman's a great character. And. Mark Wade is exactly comics, the yeah. guy is what yeah. is who and is who reminds you. Yeah. And so anyway, but to finish my my thought from before. Yeah. I don't have a problem with alternative v- points of view, even a publishing uh agenda, which I think there are many. The and a lot of them are just like skeevy, but they're, you know, they're they're they their agendas. What I have a problem with is it seems to be a mode of operation where people who are trying to get attention for these books do it by stirring up a controversy a fight with somebody else who they turn into their enemy right and that is disturbing and distressing and unfair and just and, 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 wrong right and and let's just be honest here with publication uh you know no real secret here because I, I think i've mentioned it so you know i wrote a book i was flesh gordon right it was at a different publisher before it went to McFarland. Went through a couple of different editors. The last editor decided she didn't like the book. Yeah. So we were no longer at that publisher. I won't name it. It was a pretty good publisher. Uh, we went to another, and they had some concerns. We talked, and I said, yeah, we're probably not right here. The thing is, if you went to one pub- – if, if rejection right. from a publisher is what it takes to stop you – Then you shouldn't be writing. Then, you, you know, yeah. it is the case. I have pitched – Comics ideas, some have sold, some have not. And I have remained on friendly terms with the publishers that have said, no, you know, it's just not what we're we're doing right now. And I go, great, cool. You know, and I admit, I'm still somewhat more of a dilettante. But the thing is, if you're going to make this your business and and you think, especially if you've kickstarted, the other issue there, you know, the point that people argue back is you've already kickstarted it. So basically – the people that you know are going to buy that book right. already paid for it. Right. A retailer, this is going to be shocking to some people, <laughs> a retailer is in the business of selling books they know they can sell. Right. It's one reason why it is so hard to get your information out there. And I look askance somewhat at Kickstarter for comics. I know many games and toys, and I've, I've, I've bought many books. Uh, that way as well, graphic novels, and but I don't expect I'll ever see them in a store. And a lot of the times, yeah. And you know, and and it's a risk. I understand you want to reach a larger audience. You don't want to just be speaking to your fans. But I again, with how many books, like okay, so we probably each bought at least ten books today. Yes. And how many books did we leave on the shelf? How many titles? At least at least twenty more. At least thirty at more. At least at least thirty more. You know, and so there's just so I just much when when I page through previews, and I'm like halfway through going that book, I'm going, 
how do these people make any kind of a living with all these all these disparate books that are just i mean i and it's not i'm not judging them as being bad i'm just saying there are so many of them. right and as so i say with Cyberfrog, has already kickstarted and he's got all this money yeah I'm like hey ethan that's great best of luck yeah no do the kickstarter do it four or five times prove to a publisher that you have the ability to continue to publish on a regular basis do it on a regular basis don't do it like once a year do it like mm-hmm. four or five times a year because it takes a while to do Kickstarter and deliver and deliver a quality product. And then you take that in and that's your calling card. When you go to a publisher, you say, I'm able to do this. Right. And to me, it's not about a differing political view. I was going to, I'm going to call out an example. I could be wrong, but I, uh, in that I, I believe that, uh, the guy, uh, who, the creator of supernatural law, Wolfenberg, Counselors of the Macabre, Uh, that Batten Lash, and I love Batten. I, right. I, I've enjoyed every conversation I've ever had with him. I love his book. I believe he leans much more conservatively than I do. Mm-hmm. And the most recent, the grand, I think it's called The Grandfather Clause, I did the Kickstarter. I picked up my copy at Comic-Con, enjoyed it, saw that, yes, there were some very, uh, there were some conservative themes in there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't ma- it didn't matter to me because one, he's such a damn good cartoonist. Yeah. And it's such a good it's he's such a good storyteller. And, I, and I've said this to about, you know, what's out there in diversity as well is challenge me. Challenge me well. Yes. You know, I, if you can tell me a good story and I don't happen to agree with a political point of view, and again, I could be wrong. Batten may may I, I may be misinterpreting but it doesn't matter. He's a great creator. What I've been disappointed to hear is that there are people like Chuck Dixon who are angry, that are say, whose work I really enjoyed. And, but I'll be honest, the last thing he wrote was a Bane maxi series for DC. Uh-huh. I didn't buy it because it's like Venom. I don't like that character on its own. Right. I, I'm not. I'm not into antiheroes like that. Right. Right. So I'm not going to pick that up. But that doesn't mean it's not a good book, and I'm sure that there were readers who really enjoyed it, and they should. But you know, that's that's there. So I, it's it's been weighing heavily on my mind for a month, watching this kind of unfold, and uh, apparently, and I think that that it's fighting within itself in Comicsgate. Of some have out and out identified themselves as white supremacist, mm-hmm. and. Uh, with a couple of ironic twists there, but I and that's I've been fed information by other people, but I haven't seen that directly myself. Uh, I think you and I are on the same page, the same comic page. Is produce what you like. Um, know that not everybody's going to buy it, right. and just because and no, uh, you know, the mad geniuses in comics uh, didn't get there overnight with the possible exception of alan moore but he still struggled you know i, I mean people don't really get that either it's like neil gaiman he had the whole magic thing on his side well too. Mm, yeah. yeah uh i just read a, a new interview with him in uh i think it's called heroes unlimited a, a fanzine that james bacon from uh oh. you know from ireland he is the chairman of next year's world Con at dublin so ch- they're uh, either did just release or they sent me a preview PDF because they said there's this 20-page interview with Alan Moore and it may be the last one he gives on comics. 
fascinating read. But it reminds you that, man, he was in the wilderness for a long time. <laughs> yes. And, you know, there is no overnight success, and you're going to get rejected, and it's not going to have, I don't think, anything to do with your political views, maybe a little bit of who you don't know. Uh, you know, there is something to that. I will be, I, you know, I'm 100%. I'll say this, you know, that when I worked on Greatest American Hero, I happened to be in the right place in the right time with the right connections yeah. to the people that wanted to do that book. And I could say, oh, well, I can get you at that point. I actually did say I can get you Bill Cat, and did, um, you know, and when I wrote for what is now it's now, I guess, with legendary comics, but for Bella Lugosi Tales from the Grave, it was I did know somebody, but they rejected a lot of stories. They accepted the one they printed, but they rejected a lot. Right, right. And absolutely, you know, that's just the way it is. But the other thing about it is, I mean, you, you mentioned it. When you, when you get rejection, when you have a conflict, you deal with it like a professional. You deal like with a human, like a human being, like an adult. If you are the type of person who gets upset and sues other creators over tenuous me- reasons – publisher sees that they're really not going to be motivated to do business with you no absolutely absolutely you're you're a risk so absolutely you're not going to be able to to force your way into a situation like that by then suing them because they didn't take your book well you know and they are attacking the list of creators they uh, apparently last week they they comics hate they put out a list Uh, a new list a, a pictogram of creators and uh, I think it was Tony Parker who uh, was the artist on This Damn Band for Image, uh, or maybe it was Dark Horse. He he uh, he posted it, and I said I looked at that and I just said, and I commented, Tony, these are some of my favorite creators. Thanks for pointing. And congratulations for making the list, and thanks for pointing out some more. I should pro- whose work I should probably <laughs> check out. Yes. But when you attack Mark Wade, you attack Gail Simone, who there is. There's no doubt the contribution that both of those people yeah, have made. Some to of the, the best comics in yes. the last two decades, no doubt. Three decades, yeah. you know, absolutely. And, and again, some of, some of the stuff that I saw, I've seen of the Gail Simone, just like mocking illustrations where somebody's like, it's, well, it's and disturbing. Some of them, and I'm not going to say this is Richard C. Meyer, and it's not Ethan Van Skyer, but they've been yeah. using the c oh, word. No, it wasn't by either one of them. No, but they've been dropping the oh, c no. word on yes. her and worse. And yes. I'm just like, come on, guys, much worse. You are proving the point that you are reprehensible people. Yes. How about working to prove to us that you're not? Right. If you, that's if that's what you want to say. Yeah. So let's talk about people that aren't reprehensible, please. Okay, can we? Uh, we're going to try something a little different with what's in the bag because I realized, one, it's been a while, but also that uh, we go on. We do. And if you're with us so far, thank you. Um, but you walk into a store, there's always like the employee pick. They don't get three choices. We get one. And I right. thought, you know, maybe this is this is good. Let's Let's figure out. If we were to recommend one book this week, what is the book that you would either, and I want to be fair, yes. either recommend or say, you probably will be lured in by the pretty, pretty picture. <laughs> it's a public service. <laughs> you know, so uh, I'm going to rec- – you know, I know mine's a recommendation, but I'm not sure yours is. So, okay. Uh, go ahead. And- oh, mine is actually kind of a recommendation. This is yeah, uh, yeah. 
This week we get uh, Batman and the Max, and we both discussed earlier, We I think this is not the first time we've seen Batman and the Max before. I know I've seen Sam Keith draw Batman before. There's been a couple of really great I'm pretty series. sure I've seen them both together before, but not for or a while. Or maybe I was just playing with my action figures because be. I had a McFarlane Max. And or because it's Sam Keith Batman. and it's the Max, it might have been a dream. You know, you're yeah, all you're right there in the outback. But this week we got issue number one of Arkham Dreams by Sam Keith, Batman and the Max. This is a four ninety nine book. It is uh, it is nicely thick, and it is, I mean, Keith hasn't lost you know, from the cover on in. He has not lost a beat on any of his illustrations. That is a gorgeous picture. The the two he, there are a couple gorgeous of two spread. page spreads, and if you remember the Max, the the whole thing of the um, of the Outback and the the strange and I'll be honest. I read the whole thing. It's been like, so long, like luxurious and and uh, and wonderfully I like, colored. Uh, what I uh, why well, I love the color is, is does he color his own work or is I don't it, know. Let me look um, um, because that is gorgeous. That is gorgeous coloring, and I, I I've been called no, out. Rhonda Pattinson. Well, Rhonda Pattinson, you did an amazing yeah. piece of work on this on this book. I have always liked. There's an organic. Though it's cartoony reality yes. to the way uh, – it's like the description of – this is going to be a weird, weird analogy. But Billy Wilder said of Mar- Marilyn Monroe is what the key to her was that you sensed flesh Yes, when she was on screen. Yes. When you look at Sam Keith's work, you sense flesh. There's a weight to it. Even though there is a cartooniness and exaggeration and it doesn't – he follows his own weird rules – and I've always said that about you know the art that attracts me is even if it doesn't look realistic, if I can sense the rules that you're working by, it gives me at least a base that I feel like okay I I've got it and that's yeah. how I feel about and, Sam and, Keith. And this one, I mean, there's a good example of this right now because you have the Max in the real world and he's kind of a squat, kind of not not huge, not yeah. a hulking character, and the Max who's who's in the dream world of the Outback and he's he is like the Hulk and yeah, um, like a somber pensive thoughtful hulk um batman in this comes across you could you could basically say batman in this is a is a action figure with like four points of articulation he's mostly standing and talking to the max through the whole book there's there is literally no action that the batman takes place takes part of in this book now this is the first in a couple of uh i don't know if it's a four or a six i wouldn't be surprised if it's only four um yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going to be conditional on this. It, it is a it is a very nice book for 4.99. The story's a little short, but they do give you um, pages with the alternative covers in them, and I really appreciate when they do that. So you don't. I love and and not like put a little not pictures a little picture of what oh, these are the ones you're right. missing. Now the, I don't know how many covers there are because you have these in the back. Oh my gosh! No, and there's like just did exactly what I said. I that they there do are 19 it. more, but they did put like four. Um, okay. Very nice um, renditions of Batman and the Max. Uh, alter- see if I incent- have the, same. the dealer incentive cover by Jim Lee. Do I have a different cover than you do? Don't I? Yes, you do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they so, always know at Elusive Comics which, which cover I'm going to love the most. Yes, of course. This one I do. And the uh, but okay. So recommendation on this: if you've read the Max before and you liked the Max before, you're going to like this. This is the sure. if, if you are just for the first time coming in on the Max character, not Batman, obviously, but 
the Max character, this is going to be a little difficult because it's alluding to things that have happened in the prior series. Well, remind me. Yes. To see, I, I don't know if there is a, an affordable trade, uh, but if there is, we'll link to it on the page. I don't know. On Fanboy Planet and see. I don't know, but we can look that up. But you know, I would also bet that Comixology, and I... I, I would be surprised the, if they did not have, have something of this. Also, if you can find it, um, MTV Liquid Television did an animated version of the Max uh, And there was a separate story. VHS. I don't know if there's a separate DVD. I, I don't know what happened to it after after that VHS. I did have the VHS when it came out. Right. But, and, 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 that it, was, and it wasn't under Liquid Television. It was just... Uh, was it just the Max? I mean, I mean the show... It, the Max was shown on Liquid Television, but they did pull it out they for its own sake. Right. Same as Aeon Flux and a lot of and other stuff. And uh, there was something about a guy with a big head. Um, oh, yeah. yeah but anyway... anyway. Um, that's just old men talking about when they thought they were young. Yes, so when, we weren't. So, so if you're looking for, if you're a Max fan, go for it. If you're not a Max fan, check it out and see if you can find some of the prior stuff. And and because the Max is a really cool character, um, the idea of a homeless guy who, in his dreams, is in his dreams quotation marks he is in another world, and other people can get drawn into that world. Um, and there are some surprises as to who gets drawn in the world that are not going to. And it is a tremendous psychological piece of work. You know, yeah. it was. I, that's what I remember from it. It's feeling like, yeah, this is a really personal, emotional piece. Yeah, I loved that. Oh, and I loved. Uh, she's not in this, but in yet, but Julie. Yes, yes. Who is? You talked about Marilyn Monroe that you can see the flesh, and not with, without being without being um, strange about it. She is drawn like a real woman would be drawn and still uh, mm-hmm. like a like you can see why somebody would be seduced um or otherwise drawn to her drawn to her yeah so yeah i you know because i don't recall her being seductive and i'm i'm, I'm working my yeah. own vocabulary to kind of pull that right, word right. away because i think that yeah anyway no, she wasn't seductive she she was she was very real and very earthy and, yeah yeah, yeah I, I i yes um, so mine is, uh, see if you can go back and get issue one, but I think it sold out, but I think Vertigo uh-huh. had to reprint it. Uh, Border Town, which we had talked about when they did the Vertigo, they announced the Vertigo relaunch. There's like eight new titles coming. So I was going to buy this anyway. Uh, I bought issue number one. I was going to buy it anyway. We said that on the, on the podcast several months back. And uh, this is by Eric Esquivel, or Eric M. Esquivel. Ramon Villalobos is the artist, and uh, Tamara Bonvillain. I apologize if I'm pronouncing the name wrong. I think she's the colorist. Um, Let me see. Yes. And Darren Bennett, lettering, because this is another book where lettering really uh, comes into play, too, which I'm sure it is in Batman and the Max. You know, I think that's been interesting, and I'm just calling this out that, you know, We've been fairly good about calling out coloring, and I, I think that this is in the next few months. I'm going to really pay attention to lettering because I think that lettering has a has a great power to affect your. Uh, you know, it's an art form in and of itself, and it, it's, it's not done well. It it, it is not been getting the, it, it is not been getting the credit yeah. that it uh, that it should. Yeah. But anyway, Border Town is about this uh, boy. Uh, who moves to a border town? Eh, clever uh, in in Arizona, uh, and he's half half Hispanic, and he's basically in a high school that is you know 
they've got their racists. It's a town with racism. There is a problem in that the, I guess you say demon world of Mexican folklore. There's like a thin or a tear in the border, literally between reality, our reality and the demon world and the Chupacabra in the first issue is kind of gone a little crazy having slipped over to our side and uh, is like wreaking havoc. And these kids are trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Now, often the Chupacabra, instead of being a goat sucker is taking the form of people's fears. And so it very powerful opening in the first issue where there's a, a family crossing the border, trying to, trying to get across of illegal immigrants and there's the border patrol, but it's not that. It's the those volunteers that are a little, uh, right. you know, dicey and not icy. And they, uh, and the chupacabra eats them all. Oh, and so, you know, for people saying, oh, this is a you know, comic book about racism, it's like, well, no, racism's there. It is about racial issues, but it's also about, uh, can everybody just kind of, put it all aside to solve the problem about right, right. demons are about to overrun this town. Right. Um, I, and I, I don't think I'm doing it justice. Uh, Esquivel's writing, it's the, the kids, you know, look, I, I spent time teaching. The kids sound like high school kids. And I know some people get shocked and they clutch their pearls. Uh, I say that pejoratively when kids, you know, seem both sophisticated and not at the same time. And, right. and, and sometimes with the issues and emotions going forward, I'm like, Oh, I, I saw that. Oh, for God's sake, don't right. be naive. They they don't, you know. Yeah, this is, they're very realistic teens. Um, the art by by Ramon Villalobos is like, it reminds me a lot of Frank Quitely, only I like it better than mm. Frank Quitely. Oh. And he, you know, he follows the rules that, you know, what, I mean, the rules, what I was just saying of like, I get the rules of what he's doing. You know, I, I, I can grasp, he, he, there's a baseline. And yet it fits so well. The humans, again, just like we were saying about Sam Keith, you look at these characters and, you know, they're fleshy. And there's a Mexican-American culture running through yep. it. There's, uh, you know, the the luchador. There's a kid who's obsessed with with lucha. This skull, is the yeah. demon king right. of... of uh, of the demon world, and that's that's the chupacabra. The little he's cute when he's not eating people. Uh-huh. Uh, and although I don't think they're thinking about the licensing, uh, but you know this is just a fantastic book. And I know that Eric, can I call you Eric because we're friends on Twitter? That that's that's even better, right? Yeah. Uh, that Eric has gotten a lot of threats, and oh. that's one reason I bought this. And and you and I were talking about beforehand when the first issue came out. My rule right now, and I, I read one last week, Chelsea Kane's uh, Man Eaters, same thing, where she was getting threats. Fantastic book. I'm sorry, I cheated in a Brett Schneider way uh, of, of, of like throwing it. In, but, but my thing right now is yes, this is where I get political. If people are complaining about this book being too diverse or it's not featuring white male leads, I'm going to seek it out because I want to see for myself. Right. This is good. So Man Eaters last week from Image, fantastic concept uh, and great book by Chelsea M. Kane who wrote the Mockingbird series for Marvel mm. uh, last year. So anyway, uh, that's my other. But Bordertown, you know, he was getting threats around Comic-Con and I tweeted at him a couple times and said, well, you know, I'm really looking into it, uh, looking forward to it. In the last month, I've had no time to do anything for Fanboy Planet and barely any time to do anything for myself. But I did, I read the first issue 
I posted a photo of it on Instagram and said, I've only made time to read one book this week, and I'm so glad it was this book. And I tweeted to him yesterday when he said, like, oh, you know, issue two comes out tomorrow. And I said, it's the only book that I've, that I've recommended to any, anybody in the last month. I gave it to my son. And our, our new rule is, as I say, if people are claiming they don't think anybody's going to read it, we should check it out. And my son's a little more conservative than me. Uh, let me just put it there. Yeah. Um, and he really liked it. And, you know, to get any kind of articulation out of a 14-year-old is fantastic. That's, but he yeah. said, no, no. He said, yeah, yeah that was pretty he was good. He deeply moved then. He was very deeply moved. He went, huh, I saw an expression, a <laughs> mouth twitch. Um, he doesn't listen, so I can say those things. Uh, I, You know, don't get me wrong. People who are longtime listeners, I adore my son. But he is 14. And uh, <laughs> so, and he liked Bordertown. And so I think if you can get, you're not going to be probably be able to get a first printing, but if you can get a second printing of the first issue and buy issue two, it is well, well worth your time. Cool. So let us talk. Uh, let's do a little bit about movies, which is, I love that this week, mo- most of the movie news that I think is relevant to us, other than the weird story, I didn't put this down because I don't want to go to it, but the weird revel- revelation that there was a study done on so- about social oh, media. Yes. And that basically, if you didn't like The Last Jedi, you may have to check yourself because if you tweeted that you didn't like The Last Jedi, you might be a Russian bot. <laughs> so, and I, regardless, that astounds me that yes. the rea- that if all this, God, if we manage to live long enough to get distance from this year. Yes. You know, say in 2025, we look back and go, wasn't that a crazy time? Yes. Past the radioactive chicken bone. I need to gnaw on that a little bit. Uh, it hopefully will give me chicken bone powers. Uh, so that, that to realize that if this is true, and I, and I say if, because I know there are many people that still don't believe it, seems this is fake news. Uh, if this is true, that the Russians have been manipulating us through social media, it is, amazingly hilarious and astounding to me that one way they sowed division in this country right. was by <laughs> ginning up a controversy over whether or not The Last Jedi was good. Yes. If you had told me in 1977 that <laughs> that Star Wars would be so socially powerful when I was being mocked for my Chewbacca socks... Which I have a new you pair. You still are, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not now. I mean, no. please, you buy them in Hot Topic. That's one of the hottest stores to go in. You've oh, got okay. the you know, Disney store? Absolutely. Um, look, let's accept it and don't and don't mock it. Let, let's, let us try not to have that ironic distance. This has so infused the culture that this is a way to get at us. It's astounding. Right. But let's talk about things that are concrete and proven, which is that Venom sucks. No, no, <laughs> no I don't know no. that. I don't know that. Have but you seen the pictures where they take Venom and they replace his eyes with googly eyes? Yes, I, I shared that picture. I think I, they're lovely. Um, that was months ago. And, uh, you know, so this is this is a week to talk about Marvel movies that aren't actually from Marvel Studios. So early reviews from Venom are in. And uh, that, that it says basically like this is a throwback. The problem with Venom isn't so much that it is objectively bad it is that it feels like a superhero movie that was made in 1999 or 2001 it feels like the early punisher movies 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I suspect that my son and I will go. I'm just going from the... Uh, Debbie and I were watching the, the, the trailer. Yeah, no, no, no. And this, she's going, so this one, you're, you're, are you going to be in line for this one? I said, no. I mean, like, I, I, to, to start off with, rarely has Venom been one of my favorite characters. When Flash Thompson was Venom and with the Guardians of the Galaxy, I mm-hmm. liked that Agent Venom. Venom. Agent Venom. I liked that Venom. I liked the, the power set and flashes care for the symbiote and the the symbiote symbiote it's a hard word isn't it say crayon for me crayon no you can't no so quite right so um and and they went through like a quest to find his the the planet of them i read half of that i I, I I thought it was entertaining i I don't like the venom who has to keep on being pulled back from eating innocence in the heat of battle, I, I just well, and if you're going to do that, Venom, which clearly they did, yes, PG thirteen, yeah, that's weird to me, uh, and and this is a review. You know what that means it just means no blood. Yeah, they, this is a review based on not having seen the film. But I, I'm with you. Take it with a grain of salt from our perspective of being two people that are not fans of Venom as a character. Right. Right. However. Even from people I know who are fans of Venom as a character, I've been hearing that it is not very good. That it feels very old-fashioned, uh, and that it's just just odd. And actually, Stephanie turned to me the other night and said, "Wait a minute, was that Bane?" Yeah. And I said, "Yes, yes, that was Bane." And <laughs> so I'm waiting for Venom to say, "Spider-Man, I want to eat your brain." Um, you know, so I have. Conquered New York City, and I shall blow your daily bugle, Rawr. and then I shall eat your brains. Yes. Uh, so anyway, uh, but then they dropped a trailer for Into the Spider Verse, and oh my lord, can I say John Mulaney as Spider Ham is the single greatest casting I could imagine? Okay. Have you seen the new trailer? I have. I have to say, it's a kids movie. It's it's not for me. It's a kids movie, and bless them for doing. That's fine. A kids movie, but a kids movie in which, though it's not, it's not Toby McGuire, the older Peter Parker from the other universe. Yeah. is clearly the Toby McGuire yes. Spider Man. Yeah. So they're opening the door for so much, and you know, yes, I know you say, but we were talking about how you didn't see Shrek past Shrek one. But uh, on the other hand. In the Marvel, Marvel is currently running into a Spider Geddon mm-hmm. storyline, and I am not buying anything other than the books I don't normally buy. I'm not buying yeah. anything. No, 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 and that's else. and that's fine. Yeah. I like the Spider Verse. I like the concept. I and, and and people know this, you know that. Look, every now and then, and maybe I'm inspired by just having read another interview with Alan Moore. There you go, Chris Garcia. I'm giving you all the you know all the plugs <laughs> I can. That we do have to remember at its heart. Superheroes should be for kids, and there should be movies that, totally. that a parent does not feel totally. nervous about. Like, the thing is, okay, my son's 14, so yes, we'll go see Venom. I texted him and said, oh, it's PG-13, we can go. He goes, yeah, no, I saw that. I said, okay, you know, like, the one R-rated film we've gone to see was Logan. We talked about it, We, you know, and as R-rated movies go, you go with your parent, that one... Because, you know, he'd gone through all the X-Men movies, and you can't betray and say, here's the end of the Logan, of the Wolverine saga. Right. And, oh, kid, you're too young. So he was 13. 
Yeah, I think 13 when we saw that. But we really debated it, and I debated it with his mother, and we said, okay, you know, no, no, it's yeah. okay. But, and it was. It was a very well-done film. If you're going to push to the edge oh, of, sure. in, into R, you better have made a dang good movie. But, again, I want things that are appropriate for kids because they're the ones who are going to w- – Wear the T-shirts first, and I think that's and that's where the under movie is going. That's where it should. I'm afraid that it's going to get judged on other, other levels, yeah. which is unfortunate. But that's yeah, I'm going to have a hard fine. choice in November between that and Wreck It Ralph too, because I, I love animation. Uh, go Ralph and I will go. I will go to both. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and it's hard to sell. I think into the Spider Verse. I'll convince my son to go to. The Disney stuff, my son's kind of in this phase of, eh, I'll see it when I babysit somebody. You know. So, so you wrote something in the notes for the next item, and I want you to explain. I knew you night, would want me to. The I night knew. before Deadpool. Speaking of making movies. Because the internet didn't know anything about it. Okay. Um, so Fox released their, uh, they pushed back uh, Alita, Battle Angel Alita to February. It was oh, really? supposed to be November. That one looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, they released kind of their X-Men slate. And one of the yes. things was, they said, was Deadpool. A Deadpool movie coming in December. Okay. And so what it is, or this is pieced together from things. So Ryan Reynolds uh, Instagrammed a photo uh, with an adult Fred Savage in an honest set of the recreation of his bedroom in The Princess Bride with Deadpool in the Peter, Peter Falk, Falk role. role. Oh, my God. And so the this just came out like a few hours ago. The rumor is that the title of this film in December is The Night Before Deadpool. And what it is is that when they released Deadpool 2 on home video, if you went to Target, there was a storybook version of Deadpool 2. Literally a children's, right. uh, you know, a mock children's storybook. And so they've shot framing sequences of Deadpool reading the plot of Deadpool 2 to Fred Savage in the bedroom. And so it's a PG-13 version of Deadpool 2. Okay. So what a wacky experiment. I've seen stupider things happen in theaters with characters and actors I cared a lot less about. So, um... Fred Savage is brilliant. I mean, that's... Yes. <laughs> to have done that is, if if that is true. You know, yeah. at least it was a funny photo. And they've put out a lot of funny, you know, ads. I mean, it's like the Bob Ross thing when they did the whole right, trailer right, that right. was just Bob Ross and, like, you know, whack the paint. Whack it, whack it, whack it, whack it. And, uh, you know, and, and the, the uh, Norman Rockwell painting of them serving turkey dinner. Right. You know, so we shall see what it is, but that's the current rumor that that's what it is. But there is a Deadpool slot because they'd also announced they they dropped the first trailer for Dark Phoenix, which I'm going to admit I was singularly unenthusiastic about. Can we talk about that and the next one on your list together? Yes, we should because these are the last. Here's uh, what I would say: these are the last films that are of Fox's, Fox's. regime of right. the X Men. Right. And when I I watched both of those, and then I I just today watched them back to back, and the New Mutants trailer, the New, I mean, was, New Mutants trailer, and the earlier one because they had to go back for reshoots. That's you know, the thing. There, I shouldn't have a pro. I, well, pardon me. I'll step back. 
looking at looking at who's in the new mutants i'm excited by that list it is the original new mutants bar none i think uh magic wasn't in their original iliana was not an original she joined soon after um she spent some years in limbo and core it's the core group um but i watched that trailer and it looks like a low budget horror film you know, it's it's all yes. about they're they're yes, it imprisoned does. in a creepy uh, museum slash hospital slash mansion slash slash place, um, and I get the same, they're imprisoned in a Bill Sienkiewicz painting. I get the same vibe off Dark Phoenix now. Yes, and the, the thing and that's why is, I was unenthusiastic about it. Well, the thing about Dark Phoenix, the thing that makes the Phoenix saga work, is we went through years. Of a light and lovely Jean Grey. Yeah. The girl that all the X-Men boys wanted to date. The X-Boys, yes. date. And what we get is this is a dark child from the word go. You know, that that she's she's uncontrollable and Xavier is doing unspeakable things to control her and it's going to backfire and blah, blah, blah. Um. I am not interested in Which, that film. I'm going to say also, unfortunately, I think that was sort of the backstory revelation, and I blocked a lot of the film out, of X3, The Last Stand. I That there was the implication that Charles had done something to curtail her power. Well, we didn't. In the comics, he had put blocks on her. Yes. And we found that out later. But it wasn't prior to that. We had grown to love Jean Grey. She was the light of the X-Men. And we haven't had a chance to grow to not love at her. all, not at all. Um, and it's I, it's kind of cool to see the two Stark girls in you know the yes. Maisie Williams in in uh, in New Mutants. New Mutants. She's Rain Sinclair. I almost said yeah. gifted because I'm going to go there next. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the um, uh, and yeah, Maisie Williams and uh, I've forgotten Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner. Um, I'm just I, I just I watched those and I just got depressed. I'm going. I don't even know if I'm going to see these in theaters. Well, one, I didn't enjoy X Men Apocalypse, and no. it was a depressing realization for me. It was exci- It was an exciting film, but it wasn't what I wanted in an X Men. I wanted. I, I would even disagree about it as an exciting film. I I cannot see. I want to see an X Men movie where. Let's have them start off playing baseball. Nope, you'll never get that. And, yeah. and so, but this uh, no, is, I think we might it, when it goes back to Marvel. I will disagree. Okay. Uh, and, or I, I say maybe if it goes back to Marvel, but Fox, and and we've seen this as a Spider-Man issue as well until, you're right, until Homecoming. Right. That the problem with these franchises is one of the things that made the X-Men so appealing as a comic, and I don't even feel like, that's the X-Men that Marvel publishes now. But what was appealing to me as a kid reading the X-Men was exactly those quiet things that right. was different. Right. But a movie has to hit the big, or at least studios believe this, they have to hit the big storyline. So New Mutants is allegedly, it's rumored to be, borrowing very heavily from Demon Bear. Uh, the right. the Bill Sienkiewicz and Chris Claremont yeah. uh, thing. So that's a big, well-known storyline. When you saw, with the exception of Days of, uh, of um, First Class, kind of like rebooting, resetting, and created, it wasn't really connected right. to any specific. 
storyline. Right. But then you went to Days of Future Past. You went to right. Apocalypse. And now, so you got to logically go to Dark Phoenix. Because, one, they had blown it before. They did, you know, they rewrote. They don't care about continuity, and that's okay. There's no logic about skipping decades, whatever, yeah. even though nobody ages. And I felt that way about, you know, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. And one of the things that I liked about, and people don't like Amazing Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield ones, was that even though what we were seeing were those big bombastic moments, those big arcs, between Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2, I believed that he was still occasionally fighting costumed villains and that the Spider-Man of the comics was sort of existing between films. I never believed that in the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire movies. Like it was like Spider-Man was was like they were, he had a much shorter career and they were all just kind of compact. Yeah. You know, and and, and you, you saw the only villains there were. So, but but getting uh, uh, the other one and I don't know why, have you watched any of Gifted? Gifted? I watched the first episode, and I, I need, of, of the need first to go season back to the, the first season, season. Of the first season. So I, I finally worked. My I way don't through, think it was a great pilot. I, well, I worked my way through all, all of the first season over the summer because I had banked on the DVR, yeah, yeah. and I'm like going. There were parts of it that I kind of went, okay, this is kind of interesting. They're, they're bringing the Fenris twins in, and there are a lot of characters I like. I'm, and, and Polaris is there, and yeah. she's an interesting character. But like, I was starting to watch the this season, and I've forgotten her name. She's a Josh Whedon, um, Amy Acker. Amy Acker's in it, and I'm I'm just flashing on and and uh, the guy from uh, um, the vampire. Uh, Bill. Bill. <laughs> right. Bill. Uh, wait, I'll get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah keep yeah. talking. I'll get his name. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Stephen Moyer. Steve Moyer. So I'm watching this. I'm going, why am I thinking? I keep on flashing onto the TV version of the Terminator because it's basically the same thing. There's a government agency hunting them down. There mm-hmm. and at the same time, they're more powerful for them, but they really don't want to hurt them. And then, by the way, that was called the Sarah Connor Chronicles, Sarah Connor and absolutely worth looking into. Yes, yes, uh, mostly. I mean, Mo- it got really good at the end. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, right they, before canceled they canceled it before it. it you know, got so good. but the same thing. I'm just going. Why do they? They the the X Men is not about them being hunted. It happens occasionally, but is not the the main theme of the X Men. No, the X Men is about rescuing the people that are being hunted. Yeah, at, at, at most, yes. Right. Uh, yeah, there's a comfort, and so that's interesting. Thank you for kind of segueing into television. Yeah, which is this is the month that, uh, or actually a couple of weeks ago, DC Universe launched, but Titans doesn't launch until next week, December, uh, October twelfth. Fall. October twelfth. No, okay. it is. It is supposed to be October twelfth. Is the first. Episode. I just checked the website. It's they're going. Fall. They're going weekly. Well, I think it's. You know. Yeah, they're getting the kinks out. Yeah. Um. The promised comics interface that was going to be earth shattering. Right. Pretty much exactly like Marvel Comics Unlimited. Um. But that's okay because now it's I the ha- comicsology, isn't it? Uh, I think they have the rights to use it. I I I don't know. It's not quite the same. Okay. I, um. It. But you're you are downloading comics, not like we're um, doing a web connection like Marvel Comics Unlimited, right? But you know, which you can download the Marvel. Oh, Comics no, 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 Unlimited but up to twelve, right? Right. So I suspect that it's like I came late to Marvel Comics Unlimited, so DC Universe is probably where MCU was 
when it started. It's not the widest of catalog, but there's some real surprises in as there. As far as the comics go. As far yeah, as the comics. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a broader media availability, the, the types of things. They have. Well, you know, it's television and movies, right, but right. what they don't have yet are any of the new series. Right. Which they are, you know... The, People are still very upset. Which is what's featured in all their come-on photos and stuff. So next week is Titans. Other than the cosplay. Yeah. Titans is coming. Uh, You know, there's going to be... Which just happened while we were were in a hiatus. My buddy Derek Mears has been cast as Swamp Thing. And I cannot be more excited that it's like... And not not because I know... You know, he's a genuinely nice guy. He was on the podcast a few months ago. I can't believe that, that one of the nicest people in Hollywood... Just got cast as one of my favorite superheroes, and we ne- comic book characters. He's not really a superhero, right? But but we when we were talking about yeah. characters he could play, that was not one of the ones in the mind. And there he is, uh, you know, Doom Patrol. Brendan Fraser is coming back as Robot Man. Yep. Uh, so they just uh, and it's the one of the guys from Firefly. You're speaking, of Joss Whedon, um, the Doctor on jo- on Firefly. Oh yeah, um. uh, Sean Mayer. Sean Mayer is a uh, negative man, so they just announced today oh, cool. that, ne- that he will be yeah. he will be there. Kaylee Cuoco will be the voice of Harley Quinn. That's going to be interesting. No, so I mean, there's a, you know yeah. there's a promise of a lot of great programming, and right now, if you are just because there's something else that quietly happened last week, oh. Comic Con HQ shut down. Yes, I got a little refund from Amazon Prime nice. for you know. So the thing is like. Now, it, which I suspect is, it's like that basically the things that people really wanted to watch right. are being held back by these companies for their own streaming services. So if you can't get any of the animated series for DC, yeah, you can't get the Marvel stuff because Marvel because Disney's going to start one. Disney Play, I think, is what they announced that was called. Um, the weakness right now in both DC Universe. And I would bet that Disney's watching and they're going to take care of this. And I asked about this at Comic-Con. You can get the DC Universe app through the iTunes store or the App Store. And you can get it through Google Play. But right now, the best way that I have... Like, I can't Chromecast it. So, the best way that I watch on these streaming services is through my PlayStation. And the CBS... Uh, the CBS app is available. Right. The DC Universe app, they have not yet. Oh, I wonder if that's out on Xbox. Gotten. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I talked to to Perry at Elusive. He signed up as well. And he had written to the mask about the PlayStation app. So I think he, he's through PlayStation. I don't know. Don't take this the wrong way. I think you are the only Xbox user I know. Uh, so Drew, Drew has an Xbox. I, I don't know him. Lon has a little I, Xbox. I, I don't talk to them. Uh, so they don't watch apps. Uh, you know, they, they don't. Lon plays games. Um, and no, he doesn't. He has two small children. He does nothing. Uh, so Soon he'll be playing games with them in his lap. Yes. So anyway, I you know, I, I, I hadn't asked them the conversation that had come up, you know, at the comic book shop and went, oh, you know. So you can get like Wonder Woman. You can watch. I think Smallville's there. Uh, the, the Batman the Animated Series is yeah. all remastered yeah. in high def through there so far. Constantine, of course, and you know. So there's good nostalgic programming. There's not yet what it's not the I'm there for. They were teasing you, which with, uh, that's that that is yeah. old news. I knew yeah. they were gonna. And on the one hand, that's actually pretty smart in that they had a month to work out 
the kinks. Hopefully, yeah. Be, you know, yeah. Okay, let me be optimistic. They, they were working out the kinks for the month before they launched their flagship show. And I hope that that... A service like that, and this is the same for video games and for movies and stuff, you only learn where the problems are when you actually have a huge influx of viewers. Mm-hmm. And they will have a huge... Inf- I believe they will have a huge influx of viewers when they have the um, original programming on there. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's why, and that's why, probably why they gave us that three three months extra if you subscribe for the year in advance. And you got, yeah. You got 15 months yeah. in, instead. I, still have, I didn't do that, and I haven't done the seven-day... No, uh, you know, it's so. for you right now, it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it will be for me. Like, I have read, gone to their library. I've been reading... I got to write a piece. I got to get back to writing, right, for Fanboy Planet. But one of the things is, like, as I always say, a series you should read. Prez, the new 52 Prez. Oh, yeah. Um, six issues. And I looked, I was reading going, God, this is brilliant satire. What the hell? It's like set 20 years in the future. And the and uh, it's all about social media and so, so forth. And I went, who wrote this? And I realized it's... Uh, it's the same guy who wrote the Flintstones. Oh, and without my recognition, I'd also read the Snagglepuss Chronicles last week uh-huh. in that trade, and went that was brilliant in a very devastating way, while still not betraying at all those Hanna Barbera characters. Really bizarre how good he is at taking these things and making really great commentary. Same so, writer. Same writer, all okay. three, uh, Flintstones, Snagglepuss Chronicles, okay. and Prez. So I really think, you know, through this app, I went back and discovered Prez. I'm not finished reading it, but I read three issues and went, holy crap. But also got access to World War II comics that I had not been reprinted in an affordable you format. You mean like Sergeant Rock kind of stuff? No, 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 no. I mean like Golden Age stuff. From like the, the World War II. Like the, uh, the comics 40s. cavalcade. Oh. Um, so... They're kind of one-off stories that have probably been gathered elsewhere. Of like, you know, there's a Green Lantern. There was a feature I had I had heard of. I had never read Red, White, and Blue. Huh. I don't recommend it. It's not a great series. But for someone like me who's got to like, I want to know what they are. Right. I'd never seen a story about them. So a little that, touch of history. That was a little touch of history. There was a great Wonder Woman story. The you know I'm I'm kind of revisiting Golden Age Wonder Woman. I didn't like it as a kid. I didn't like the art that much. But yeah. now that you get all the psychology going on in that, it's interesting to revisit. So I think for you in particular, in a month or in two weeks, whatever, when Titans comes up, yeah, and then suddenly all these other shows series start happening, it's absolutely going to be worthwhile and more than a seven day. Although granted, you may have a little more free time than I do, uh, but it's still it's it. You're going to get sucked into something and go, oh, I want to try that, you know, which is always my problem with streaming services. I have so many continue watching and like, right. oh, crap, I never went back to that right, series. I got to, right, right. you know, uh, and, and and the other thing, you know, like CBS is doing the um, one the little mini episodes of Discovery. So uh, solo adventures are happening while well, they're I waiting. I have seen those. No, I love my just, I love my CBS. They just allows. start. Uh, I think they start. They start next next week as well. Okay. There's like, I think four like half hour episodes that focus on a different crew oh, member cool. of Discovery while they're waiting for the season sure. to be ready. Twilight Zone's gone into production for CBS All yeah. Access. The big story, as far as the highly competitive service that has not launched it, and Disney Play that was announced while we were on our 
accidental hiatus, uh, they announced some Marvel programming for Disney Play. Okay. A solo Scarlet Witch series mm-hmm. and a solo Loki series. Oh. With both film actors. So unlike oh. so unlike, you know, the Netflix series, which is pre- sort of pretending and I've been watching Luke Cage, it's been fantastic. Right, I'm catching up right. on that, loving it. Um those series that are sort of like if you squint and pretend they take place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Go ahead. Right. And once every two years, we'll mention the green guy or the guy with the hammer. Right. This is going to be directly, and there are miniseries. They said it's like eight episodes, you know, and then they said there are others we're exploring. They're going to bring actors from the cinematic universe in. And there's my hope when you talk about X-Men. That's where when you do an episodic television series yeah. or a miniseries, six hours is the time where you can have the baseball game. Right. You can have that character interaction that the big blow-up moments just can't do. So I already knew I was going to be paying <laughs> for Disney Play, and but that, that kind of sealed it too. Uh, you know, and, and we were talking tonight. It's like one of the things that, that they can do – that ABC just couldn't find the budget for is, this is not announced, I'm just putting it out there because when you put it out there, it always seems to freaking happen. Agent Carter. Let's get a third season of Agent Carter as a streaming, you know, give me six six more episodes with her for... uh, Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I'm kind of hoping it hasn't been said, but I'm kind of hoping that she shows up in Captain Marvel. I would let her age a little bit. You know, yeah, bring her forward in time a little bit. Well, more. I think it's yeah. time for for Peggy Carter to be. You know, they kind of left on a a cliffhanger in the late 40s. They don't have to age yeah. her forward. I'd be fine with that, but I do think she should be appearing in the 90s in age makeup. We should see Peggy. Yeah, uh, with with Shield, but you know, be that as it may, that's just speculation. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, you know, I'm saying DC Universe is, is so far, it's not it's not quite ready for most people that want to be casual. For a hardcore fan like me of DC, it was, I, I, I don't mind. You your money's worth. I, I just haven't had as much time to explore it as I wanted to because I have so many things going right. on. But uh, But it's good. And they're working out the kinks. Disney Play, coming within months. And, and you know, and like I say, CBS is making another is making a good play to have you resubscribe. So, right, right. So, yeah, looking forward to it all. So thank you all for listening. Once again, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. And let, let me know if you think you know, kind of this pared down for I think we've still probably talked a lot and yeah, even trying to pare down on topics. We're in an hour. You know, but that's good for us. And uh, so, you know, write in, you know, if there's something, again, an issue that you think we should be tackling or an issue of an issue, uh, let us know. And uh, so thank, thanks again. You can uh, go to Amazon, uh, go to PayPal, and, uh, and also you can tweet at us. You can follow us on the Facebook page. And there's an Instagram account as well, uh, which is right now mostly Halloween-y things, but that's because uh, it is the season to be. It's coming up. Yeah. What are you, you going to dress up as for Halloween? Well, I already did. Well, you did early. No, that's you all I'm going to do. You're going to do. I, I got my candy. I trick or treated oh, okay, Disneyland. Okay. okay. Uh, and so I got to say, I was Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, yes. and my fiance was Hortensia. And what was amazing 
was I had cast members that would be their code name for their for their employees. Right. I, I got two high fives and people yelling, cast members yelling from across the street, Oswald, hey. And uh, some and one cast member did also go Hortensia, and it was like, and we didn't even have the hats on, yeah. And it was just like, oh, you know, because we did the nose, so it was just kind of fun. Was Jason there at the same time as you? Were? No, he was there a few days after. Oh, okay, uh, but was that that Donald Duck suit that was so him. Well, ex- yes, except more bitter than the actual <laughs> animated Donald Duck. So. Uh, it, you know, it was interesting because there was sadness in the park. It, it, you know, they still had the gas station at, at California Adventure, but they don't sell Oswald ears anymore. All they have is Oswald pins and a, and Oswald oh. and Hortensia stuffed animals. Everything else is Mickey, is the is the stuff you can get in every other store. So what yeah. I was feeling was, you know, employees are kind of like, yeah, why would we turn our back on Oswald? So I'm there for the Oswald there Renaissance, again, the second Renaissance. And so, and I got lots of candy. And there was this moment, like, I was working in my apartment going, like, oh, I'm hungry. I wish I just need a little s- snack, and there's nothing. Oh, wait, there's, like, two tons of candy <laughs> in the living room. Okay. Uh, you know, so I, it's kind of fun. I'd never done the Disney Halloween. That was fun. So, you know, there's another adventure. So, hey, everybody, thanks. I'm Derek McCaw. I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to... Use your powers for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreat.com. Luke, L-U-K-E-S-K-I dot com.